We are doing a series on discipleship and we're wanting to understand what that word really means. So often we think of it as a sort of religious activity that we can opt into or opt out of and it's classified as a kind of spiritual thing that maybe is extra to our life. Maybe we do it if we're serious, maybe it's something we take a class on. Where actually a better way to understand discipleship is just basically the process by which God wants to work in our life. And the aim for it isn't that we become better Christians or more knowledgeable Christians, but the aim is that we become more like the person God created us to be. The image of Jesus is formed in us as we are transformed into the best versions of ourselves. So it's actually the way God wants us to become truly alive, to become fully human. It is the process of becoming comfortable in our own skin with God at the very center. So we think of discipleship in these three stages. There is our relationship with God, getting to know him, discovering how wonderful he is and how much he loves us. Having that saturate the whole of our life so we don't have a religious part of our life and an everyday part of our life, that we understand God is involved in all of that. And then it's overflowing into the world around us, making difference and changes. And last week, in the last session, we talked about how right at the start of the creation of human beings, when God created man and women, this was the things that were important. The relationship with him, our whole life being involved with him and it overflowing and changing the world around us. So another analogy that the Bible uses about this process is bearing fruit. To not be a barren, withered life, but to have a life that bears fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And uh, there's this passage I want to read from Jeremiah that says this. Jeremiah 17, seven to eight says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. We wanna think about what is it to have a fruitful life. Last week I talked about the idea that someone can drop an apple somewhere and it might sprout and you might get an apple tree that might produce apples. And it's almost an unintentional bearing fruit, which I think is the process I've seen in my life. But there's another way which is more intentional, more designed that involves work and consideration and planning. And instead of just a single apple tree that happens to grow, you are growing an orchard. And so you want to think, how do we make our lives like an orchard that bears God fruit uh, in abundance in good years and bad years um, throughout our lives. And so this series really is thinking about how do we understand the process that God's doing and then how do we lean into it? How do we become intentional about doing it rather than just hope it might happen by itself? How do we cooperate with what God wants to do in our life? So last week we talked about the four environments that are helpful for us being discipled. And they're like four places where different things happen that are all helpful. And maybe switching analogies to exercise, it's a bit like we might do one type of exercise, we might just do cardio, which is really good for one part of our body, but 
doesn't do other things. And so if we're doing cardio, yoga, weights, and a team sport, it's a much more well-rounded approach to our healthy body. And in the same way in our discipleship, sometimes we tend to think only one environment is, one type of uh, environment is good for us. But we talked about four different ones that do different things. The Sunday service, the large crowd, which is more like a family party, the hubs, which is a smaller group, more involved, we take more participation. It's more like a family Sunday lunch. Um, discipleship groups, which are really um, peers coming together to help one another explore what God's asking them to do and encourage people to actually do it, which is more like siblings, I guess. And then our everyday life, how all of that works out into the real world and how we are involved in the real world and understand that God is there with us. So we did that last session, but this week I want to talk about skills. So over the summer, I sat down and I was thinking about what is it that we need to know, to understand, to practice, to help us engage with God's discipleship. Or the other way around, what is it, if it's lacking, holds us back? And so I started writing a list and I got five things that I think are kind of key elements um, for being a disciple. And so what we're gonna do in the next five sessions is look at one of those at a time, but today I just want to cover all of them. So the five things I wrote down are, the only requirement is yes, God is our discipler, seeing and hearing God, rhythms and community, and finding spiritual food. So I don't think there's anything remarkable or surprising about those things. And I think the temptation is for us to say, yep, I already know that, and then move on. But there are different ways of us knowing things. And intellectual assent, just saying, yes, I agree with that on principle, is very different from the kind of knowledge that infects our life. So there are lots of things that we know with our head but doesn't affect our life. Like we probably all agree with the statement that money can't buy you happiness but really we'd like to give it a go or we might know that it's important that we eat healthily and we exercise regularly but it's easier said than done just because we know something doesn't affect our life. And then there's the other way around, that there are things that we don't really know, but we really live in the light of. So for example, not many of us, I imagine, can explain how gravity works, how a mass can attract something uh, with no connection from hundreds of miles away and can and have an influence on that, yet we all rely on gravity in our life. Or inkjet printers. I think inkjet printers are magic. There's some kind of witchcraft. How on earth? they can draw things so delicately. I don't understand, but I will send things to print and not really worry about it. And so this is why I've called these five things skills, not ideas, because it's not about us just learning a principle and being able to recite it and say we agree with it and have a Bible verse that backs it up. What it is, it's about involving it in our life and practicing it and get so used to it that we're like living within it as normality. It becomes second nature to us. I don't know if you remember learning to drive, but at first when we had to change the gear, you know, you're, you're driving along and you have to stop and you're, or you don't stop, but you're, you're thinking, right, clutch down, 
Okay, move it into neutral, find the next one, move it in, clutch up, start accelerating again. It's really complicated. You have to concentrate on that and you're trying not to crash. You do it enough times and you, you don't even think about it. You don't even notice you're changing gear. There's something going on inside about the, the engine, the speed, all those things, and we just do it without even thinking. So we want these five skills to become so second nature to us that it is just the normality of how we live our life. And in that passage I read out earlier from Jeremiah, it talks about trusting in the Lord and hoping in the Lord. And I think there's those two elements of like knowing something about God, but then affecting how we move forward. And I have another verse here that says this in 1 John 4, 6, it says, so we know and rely on the love God has for us. We know and rely on the love God has for us. It's not just knowledge that we need, but it's that level of where we are, are living it out. We are relying on it, it is changing our day. So I heard someone describe faith once as being like automatic doors. And I thought this was a really helpful thing because we get so used to, you know, you walk into shops or offices and the doors open automatically. We get so used to that, that we, we just assume it's gonna happen and we don't even break our stride. We are walking towards a wall of glass. We don't break our stride and psh, they open and we assume that. And I think what we want to move towards with the things of God, the way he's at work in our lives, how we understand that and how we see how comprehensive that is for our whole life, is we are just walking into that and we don't even break our stride because we know God is involved. We get to a point where we're not having to remind ourselves, oh, God is involved in my workplace or this uh, relational issue I'm having is actually a chance for God to be transforming me into stuff. We just understand instinctively that is happening. We're not having insecurities or imposter syndromes about what God might be doing with us, but instead we just know it's happening and we just walk into this place that God has for us. So this is the question I wanna leave us with today. As we think about the integratedness of our faith with our whole life, where is it? What are the things where we can have intellectual assent to. I agree with that because I'm a Christian. I, be I believe that is true. I can point you to Bible verses. I can explain about it, but it's not actually at work in our lives. And this might be something that needs a bit of uh, reflection, prayerful reflection, asking God, what is it that I would say I agree with, but actually my life doesn't exhibit that. I'm not living in that reality. So God, we want to become transformed into the people you created us to be. We want to enter into this invitation, this invitation to be discipled by you, to, be, to learn to live the life you have for us and become the people you want us to be and you made us to be. We want to enter into that. So just help us, Lord. And these things that we need to learn and practice you will help us and those things that are holding us back you will expose so that we can discover your your way of living in jesus name amen
or inkjet printers. I think inkjet printer or inkjet printers. I think inkjet ah or 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 inkjet printers. I think inkjet printers are magic. There's some kind of witch. Mm -hmm.